everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, and I'm joined by my wife, Carla. Carla, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. Let me ask this question. Okay. What's one thing that God's been teaching you this past week? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I don't always like when you spring things on me, but okay. Let me think. One thing that I think this past week was sort of a aha moment for me was, and I was, I can't even exactly remember what I was reading, but it hit me that there literally is no one, God tells us this, there is no one that ever seeks God on their own. There is none. There is none of us ever that have ever lived or ever will live that our hearts are toward him unless he comes toward us first. And it was just somehow I think I've known that. I've read that. I've understood that principle. But all of a sudden it was like nobody ever does that. I would never have an interest in you, God, if you didn't first draw me and set your affection on me. So that was, that was, that was something God, that was a moment this profound. It totally, yeah. Scripture totally takes away any credit we can give ourselves. It shoots our pride down. All right, let's get back. This week, we're going to be doing part two of our listener questions. This is actually the third listener questions, but we had a bunch of them that we didn't get to the last time we did this. And so we wanted to finish those up. And the first one, and this is one we get, actually, we get a lot from different people. And uh, and I just want to ask, we've been married, as most of you know, if you're listening to this podcast more than once, we hope that we just celebrated our 40th anniversary. And people ask, well, how did you meet? And what was it that really drew you to each other in the first place? So you want to start with that? You want me to tell the story? You, I, I'll tell. It. It's not a really big story. It's, yeah, anyway. it's not a great story. No, it's should not. we embellish? We could. We won't. We'll, <laughs> we'll speak the truth. Or try yeah, to. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Teasing. I mean, to be honest, we were. I was, I'm a little bit older than Carla. She likes to emphasize a that a lot. And really, we were about three years apart school wise. And so I was in college when she was still in high school and. Her freshman year of college, we were both working in a high school ministry in Carla's hometown and where I'd settled down into Macon, Georgia, and we worked in a high school ministry together. And similar to FCA, we worked in about, I think it was like 12 different high schools at the time, and it was, that's when we first met and started going out. Our first date was actually to the wedding of another couple that worked in the group with us, and I guess that was a good omen because... Uh, we later had our own wedding. Um, you didn't answer the part about what, what first... Drew, I'll, I'll let you answer that part. Well, I don't know what first drew you to me. Well, I'll let you answer what drew me to you or whatever. I think that, you said that backwards, but anyway, is. okay. So I thought you were very... This is so shallow, people. I'm sorry. I thought you were super good looking. Yes, I did. And you were kind of, I don't want to know if aloof's the right word, but you were, you're about four years older than I am. And you just, 
you were super different than everybody I'd ever been out with. I definitely I marched somewhat to the beat of a different drummer. Yes, you did. And I found that very intriguing that you were just kind of different. And so, you know, that's very surface on the look thing. But anyway, that that honestly, that was what caught my eye. I think I think for a lot of couples, I think the initial thing is, you know, obviously they're attractive to them. Yeah. And, you know, there's somebody for everybody. And hopefully once you get into it, this goes a little bit beyond that. And I will agree that it was the way you looked. You were really cute. Um, but I do really think that, you know, at that time in my life, I had a real passion and I was really looking towards even going towards ministry at that point and, I was looking for a woman who loved Jesus, and you did. And so even the cute was a bonus. <laughs> um, what about now? That Another part of the question says, what is it that attracts you to each other now? Oh, it's your looks. I mean, for sure. Still not I mean, looks, that, yeah. I mean, that's a yeah, given, that's right? I mean, just a tad. Yeah, you look uh, a whole lot more like you did when we got married than I do when we got married. Very nice of you to say so. Yes. Um. You look a little bit different than the wedding photos, if anyone happens to have seen the wedding photos. But um, I think there are some on the maybe on the website. But anyway, um, you are still one of the most unusual people I've ever known. Your combination of your your temperament, I guess you'd say, you're really skilled, gifted in a lot of different areas. I mean, I've got a husband who is a sports fanatic with a big old fat F. I mean, just over the top, really, honestly. But at the same time, so you love all that kind of stuff, what I'd call manly kind of stuff, guy stuff. But you also can cook. You can decorate. I you cry at Hallmark movies. Yeah, I wouldn't say that on the air. Hey, but anyway, tender, tough yeah. So you're really this very unusual com combination. You're very intelligent. You like to spar in conversation. You're a deep thinker. You're very well read. Wow. And I'm, that's a whole lot. That is a whole lot. It's probably way more than these people care about knowing about it, you. It but probably anyway. is. Probably is. Uh, I could say a lot. You're a hard worker. You're driven. You've changed me to be like you in more ways, become more of a planner, more disciplined in the things that I do. Um, I think the thing that draws me the most is that you love me well. Mm -hmm. I didn't for a and, long time. No, and, and we've been through so much in our marriage, even the challenging, the hard things, man, they bind us together and it's a shared experience and intimacy level that I could never experience with anyone else just because of what we've gone through together. Yeah. And so that's a big part of it. So that's probably more than you wanted to know about us. And why even somebody wrote that question is, but they honestly did write a question. Yeah, they obviously <laughs> we did. didn't make that All up. All right. All right. Here's uh here's the first non about us question. Okay. Hey, what advice would you give to a couple that's been married just under a year to a year? You know, those first couple of years of marriage. First year or first well, several it says years? under a year, but I think the first two or Okay, well, we'll think even about it that sort first of fits year. Then. Gosh, I would say, heavens, have a lot of fun. I mean, whatever you enjoyed as a couple, like, you know, being in, you know, meeting, engagement, marrying, 
man, keep on doing those things. Enjoy that time that you are establishing yourselves, you know, as a husband and wife, but you're together and, and everything you do in that first year is going to be a new experience because you're now man and woman. And so every holiday, every experience, every big decision, it's all going to be new. And it really ought to be, to a lot of degree, it ought to be fun. And so I would say that's important. And the other thing is, and we talk a lot about this, of course, is the idea of early on setting in place those habits, those small things day in and day out that can help build a, an incredibly healthy foundation. And honestly, pour in while you've got the time and maybe life. Now, obviously, there are couples that get married and have a lot of stuff that happens right early on. But probably statistically, most couples have a window of time that there is a year or some years early on, maybe before children or whatever, that you really can pour into one another and really strengthen in your marriage so then you're ready for the hurdles that come. You're ready for the things that life may have in your journey. Yeah, I think well said. I know so much of what drives us to do what we do now and working with couples is that we didn't start out laying a lot of foundation. A lot of that was because of circumstances in life. We had a early on, we had a child with a heart defect and our lives turned upside down. But, you know, if, if you've never, you know, if you've one of those couples that got married and you didn't have really good premarital counseling or preparation, man, I would encourage you find somewhere, a retreat, a conference to go to as a couple uh, Windshape does great things. If you ever had a chance to go to one of our camp, one of our conferences, uh, especially the foundations uh, seminar, I think doing those things that will help you lay and start those really healthy habits that build strong marriages would be the best advice we'd give you. All right, I'll take the next question, and it is. As a young married couple without children, we've noticed it's hard to make friends as we get older. How would you go about creating community in that regard? Um, number one is I think the place that God's designed for community is in the church. And so I think, one, if you're not involved in a really good church home, find one. And whatever they call it, whether they call it a missional group, whether they call it small group, home church, whatever it is, it's your church, find one to get involved in. Uh, if you want one that you want with couples that are in similar state, a lot of churches, they have groups that are, you know, of like age and like uh, situation. I know the home group that we do now, we started out as Young Marriage Without Children. That's obviously changed over the years, and <laughs> so we've just stuck together with the group. But even if you get in a group of those who have children, you can still learn and experience from them and build relationships. And couples with children, they need relationships too with people who don't have children. So I, I think to find somewhere like that to really plug in. Uh, and now this is not part of the question, but I'm going to throw it out there. And this was going to probably get me in trouble from oh, some dear. people. I know. Um, but I do think that you know, if, if there's a lot of situations where couples choose not to have children, sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's things like that. Uh, other times it's because God's calling them 
to live a life that children may not allow them to do the things that God's going to call them to do. Maybe God's going to call them to mission field. Maybe God's going to call them into places where children would be a challenge. But I would really sit there and consider and really just pray. Pray to God and just say, hey, is this really, is this what God has for us? I think God's design from Scripture is that, man, children are a blessing, and that's how God's going to bless future generations. Let's face it, we got a crazy thing. We live in a country now that we have a declining population, which is crazy when yeah. you think about it. And uh, and so, man, we need godly homes to raise godly children. Um, but I think, man, finding that group to plug into. God didn't create us to go it alone. God created us for fellowship. You know, we were just studying through the book of Hebrews, and that's one of the things it challenges to do. It says, don't forsake coming together with a body of believers to worship and to grow and to experience life together. So that's that question. All right, Carly, your turn. All right. Hey, what do you think about couples who are struggling and think that a brief separation might be helpful? So I guess the question here is, is separation a biblical option, do you think? The Bible, do you think the Bible would counsel that in certain situations? I don't know that there's really any, any scripture that exactly says that. So I would say if somebody is in a situation where their marriage is in that kind of hard place, one, absolutely you want to be in good counseling. You want to be under, if you would, the counsel and wisdom um, of a Christian counselor if at all possible, because what hopefully that would help you do is navigate why you might make that decision. Um, we have known through the years of a cup, a few couples that based on where they were individually and then as a couple that it was counseled that they might separate for a season of time with the intent of each one of them working on the issues that were going on individually first, and then they would work as a couple. But the idea was you're separating to put some space to allow some healing, to allow those emotions to come down some notches, and to begin to move toward how do we move forward? How do we think about reconciliation? So the challenge is most of the time when people separate, it is really one foot out the door and one foot closer to the divorce. It is very rare that you see a couple that separates with the intent to truly work toward a reconciliation. So I would say if that is what is in place and the intent is, or even at times to give God time to work and intervene in something where maybe one spouse is not, you know, desirous of a divorce, does not want that, but there are things that God has got to work and move in that. So I would say under really maybe specific kind of situations that might be advised, but on the whole, people generally do it not for the intent of trying to work out the marriage. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I would, before I ever came to that option, I think, well, you need to go through counseling. 
Uh, I think in there are what they call intensives, which are for marriages that are really, really struggling, and there's been a lot of deep wounding. It is a four to five day hardcore intensive look at your marriage with professional counselors in a setting that's away. So really you're just working on you and your marriage for four or five days. And, you know, I would even say I would do that before I went towards the trial separation. Because I agree. I think it is almost in the same way that people, you get people that cohabitate, live together, quote, to try marriage. What would it be like to be together? I think the tendency and the danger is the temptation is sort of, you know, let's see how I can do in, on my own for a little while. Yeah. And find out, do I really miss him? Do I really want that? And a lot of times, if you're not really working on the marriage, then, you know, Satan's going to jump in there and really distract you Yeah. from the thing. But I think God's desire, and we see that, and that's the biblical principle of reconciliation. Um, you know, we talk about that our marriages should reflect God's relationship to his people. Let's face it. There's times when we separate ourselves from God. Yeah. And yet God always desires that reconciliation between us and desires us to come back to him. So, um, yeah, be very, very careful before you make that decision. But I don't think there's anything in scripture that says don't do that. That you couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, we got one more question, and both of us can do that. Uh, we'll both answer this one. Hey, in this season of your life, which is us, we are empty nesters, and we have been for a while. Hey, what are some scriptures, some guiding passages that have really ministered to you during this season of life? Which I can understand there might be some differences for us because we're post-raising children. We don't have grandchildren. It's... It's just us. And so what are some things, can you think of any, or do you want me to answer that first so you can be thinking about that? Um, for me, a lot of times what I find as far as scripture verses is it may not all, I, I think that's a beautiful question, really, the idea of do you have a scripture verse that might be a given verse for a season of your life? I think I end up having more verses in the sense of weeks or days or maybe a situational thing or where God has me in a given place and what he's trying to teach me. Um, I think for me right now, and I'm, I'm always bad when I'm put on the spot to quote a verse that I've been trying to memorize. You can paraphrase. Okay, this is a paraphrase of Isaiah 64, 4, which says, since the world began... No ear has heard and no eyes eye has seen a God like ours who works for those who wait for him. And that idea that you get to a new season and sometime you don't know what that's going to be, you know, or, um, you know, caring for parents that or elderly or begin to have it, you know, challenges and you're thinking about that possibility. You're thinking of adult married kids and what that's like and are there grandkids? Are there not? What do Johnny and I what does God want us to do with the time he has left for us here in this earth? And and so there's there's sort of that do I run around trying to figure this out? 
But that idea of learning to rest as God is working and moving and trusting him in that. So I think there's that's a verse that's really spoken to me in the last little part. So I don't know if I've had one, say, since we've been empty nesters, but that verse has been particularly meaningful recently. You know, if I had to say, um, I think there has been sort of a, a recurring theme. It's really a couple of verses that say similar things. As my verse? No. Oh. That God has just sort of that he seems to be bringing to me over and over again, either through my own study, through listening to other messages, different ways and different things. Um, and, you know, I'd pull this Galatians, uh, one of the first places that I've got marked in my Bible is, is Galatians, um, I think it's chapter 5, and starting in verse 13, it says, Hey, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And for me, yeah, I'm looking at it towards others, but really it's towards my wife. Oh. That, you know, I, I keep going back and, you know, the, the two most important commandments, love God. Because that's my highest priority is to love God. And if I don't love God well, I can't love you well. And if I'm loving God and pursuing him, then he's going to help me love you the way that I should. And, you know, I, you know, we've talked about how much that God has used our marriage to sanctify us. And, and one of the areas, and I've said this before, was just that area of selfishness. And, you know, I would, I think probably one of the biggest changes over the past 10 years is that God's given me such a desire to love you and serve you. And, and that's in a lot of areas, even small things, everything from, you know, cooking and, you know, cleaning up or doing little things, you know, run into the you know, running the Chick-fil-A because you left your debit card there. Johnny, is there a need to say this on the air? Going to fill up your car with gas or something like that. You know, but it's given me a real desire to do that. That one of the best ways that I can love God is to love you as well as I can. And I thought that's a challenge, I think, for any husband out there. Well, and I think you, you speak to the heart of what we believe is that for believers especially, if you're listening and you're a believer, then again, that idea that besides after our relationship with God, the next key relationship, if you are married, is your mate. It is your spouse and how you minister to your spouse and everything else in your life will outflow from that. I mean, you show me somebody who's got incredible relationships all around, but that marriage is sour, that that it just doesn't happen. It's it's because it's not initial it's not the way it's set up to be. So, but you show me a couple that again are pursuing God and wanting to minister and love their spouse. And then an outflow of every other relationship they have 
from that. Um, that's that's huge. It's powerful. Well, I don't think I can add anything to that. And so that's the end of this run of listener questions. Uh, we invite you to, uh, hey, if you've got other questions, we would love to respond to those. And so you can email them to us. You can check out our website, No Regrets. That's N-O-R-E-G-R-E-T-Z dot O-R-G. And there'll be a link there that you can contact us if you want coaching, if you got questions, anything at all. We would love to help you in any way that we can. So on that note, we just say thanks for listening. And as always, keep on forging.